I never thought I was the kind of person to fall for a scam. That's the words of a financial advice columnist that went viral last week for a piece titled, The Day I Put $50,000 in a Shoebox and Handed It to a Stranger. New York Magazine Charlotte Cowles recounts that one Halloween, she got a call from crooks spinning this elaborate and fictional tale, and it worked. Here's what happened. First, a caller posing as an Amazon employee told her she was a victim of identity fraud. Then another scammer impersonated the Federal Trade Commission, who said 22 bank accounts, nine vehicles, and four properties were allegedly registered in her name. And then finally, someone claiming to be a CIA investigator convinced her to withdraw tens of thousands of dollars from her bank account and hand it to them for safekeeping. Financial columnist for New York Magazine's The Cut, Charlotte Cowles, joins us now with more on her story. I mean, this is incredible. And I think it had to be really hard for you to come forward and tell this story. Why did you decide to do it? It is deeply embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to tell this story because there really is no stereotypical scam victim. And I know this from my own personal experience, obviously. But um, also, the hundreds of emails that I've received from other people since this story came out um, other financial professionals, their doctors, their lawyers, their government employees, there are people of all walks of life who this happens to. And this is also backed up by data and research that's done on scam victims. There really is no one type of person who's vulnerable. You wrote that several friends felt, uh, felt strongly that if the scammers hadn't mentioned your son, right, uh, kind of talking about your family in the context of this, that you would not have fallen for it. In hindsight, is there a moment you think you would have changed? Oh, there are so many moments. <laughs> but I think that these scammers are really good at what they do. That's the reason they keep doing it, is that it works. And we should and say you were kind of passed off in multiple phone calls. It's yeah. not like you just got an email no. and replied back with a box of cash. No, no. They didn't come out of the gate and ask for money. Um, it unfolded very gradually uh, and incrementally over over five hours on the phone. Um, and I think that what these people do is they're very good at targeting people, figuring out their one specific vulnerability. Everyone has one, at least, and then exploiting that. And for me, it was my family. And they had very intimate details about me, about my family members. They knew where I lived. They knew the last four digits of my social security number. They knew about my son, um, and it was terrifying. It's just dastardly. I mean, yeah. it really is just the lowest of low. I mean, was there anywhere where your radar went off? Was there a moment where you're like, you know, this, this doesn't feel right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the whole time, none of it felt right. But the tiny chance that what they were saying was actually true was terrifying enough that I was willing to cooperate. And the things that they were threatening were so terrifying that, you know, that tiny voice that says, what if they're right? Um, that was enough to make me listen and stay on the phone with them. One of the things that struck me about this story is the isolation of it. When it's happening to you and also afterwards, we're hearing about like sextortion with teen boys. We're hearing about all kinds of other scams that really seem to point to people feeling like they had nowhere to turn. You're married, you had a family. Can you talk about that instinct to not reach out for help? Absolutely. There's actually a name for this. It's called blocking the exits. And, um, and it, it's a, a really effective manipulation tactic. 
And where um, they make it seem like you can't contact this yeah, person, don't. Don't, you're under surveillance, you're being watched, your phone is tapped, your computer's been hacked. They really make it seem like you have nowhere to turn. Um, in this particular instance, I was also home by myself. I was working from home. Um, and so under any other circumstances, of course, I mean, my best friend is a lawyer. Like I, <laughs> I have, I have an incredible support system around me and they really made me feel like I couldn't talk to anyone. That's the part that just, it makes me just, oh, just so uncomfortable near your home alone, just how um, awful you must have felt the whole time. After your story, I emailed my family and said, no matter what happens, you can tell me. So, yeah. so help us through this. I mean, what does everyone who's watching this need to know that they have to do if, if they start going down a road like this? Yeah, absolutely. So. I think the first thing is that you can never really prepare for how you're gonna react when someone threatens your family. So everyone thinks that they're, you know, they would never fall for something like this. I, I thought that I would never fall for something like this. Um, so the best way that you can prepare is to think of a couple of people who you can trust, who you would reach out to in a situation like this, and then think of the ways that you would get off the phone if you really had to lie, make up a reason, say you have to go to the bathroom, say that, you know, you're losing cell phone service and just slow down, take a beat, call someone, reach out to someone else. It's the best way to do a gut check and really get yourself out of a situation when you're in over your head. Thanks for doing this. I know it couldn't have been easy. Thank you. Uh, I think it's really important what you've done here and I hope people are paying attention.